Welcome to the Ether. Today is Thursday, April 13th, 2023. Today on the Ether, it's the Zero X Ears podcast, episode 18, interview with Zero X Ears. Let's take a listen. Thanks everyone for joining. Uh, we're going to get started pretty soon. Just waiting for my guest to come and join the speaker panel. The guest is Bruce, and Bruce has told me to start a space, and now I'm waiting for Bruce to join. Yes. Yes, Sefi, yes. No, no, do not thumbs down. Do not thumbs down. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Well, we're here today to announce that Lonk is going up. Up and to the right. And folks, there's a lot of fudders out there. There's a lot of fudders who are making noises about Lonk. And seeing it going down with a red candle. Well, I'm here, I say, I'm here to tell you, my flock, my congregation, that Lunk is going up to the right. <laughs> oh boy, he's going up to the right. You can't stop it. You can't stop it. It's too powerful. Lunk is too goddamn powerful. Up to the right, green candles. How many green candles do you think you can have in a row? You can have like five or six goddamn green candles in a row. Hang on, wait a minute. I'm just uh, inviting my guest speaker. Well, as I was saying, this is my space, and you will all sit and listen to me and only me talk about Lunk going up and to the right. Okay, here, here we go. Um, he's my guest. Hello. Hello, guest. Are you there? Hello. Hello, it's me. Hey, guest. Uh, welcome to the panel. We've got a good audience today of Lunk uh, community members who are all waiting for the announcement. Um, I know we. I know we've got the announcement coming, um, and I would. I would. I would like to. Uh, I'm reading your DMs. Don't worry. Uh, we'll get to the D announcement later in the space. Um, but first, uh, we just wanted to get a few housekeeping things. So, firstly, no recording of the space. Um, this is important because uh, I don't want this to be shared with anybody. It's, it's uh, quite critical. Uh, if, if the hackers or the people who are related to this announcement were to get hold of, of the recording of this space, it's going to be bad. So that's the first thing. The second thing is no asking either of us where we are. Okay? Nobody's allowed to ask either of us where we are. And the third thing is nobody FUD. No and no down thumbs, Seffi. Seffi, no down thumbs. That's not allowed. Can I have co-host? Yeah, you can, can have co-host. Co yeah, hang on one sec. No, I don't like being just speaker. It's it damages your pride. It's not about pride. It's about putting power in the right hands. Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. And that being said, 
Um, would you like to uh, kick things off? Only if Sefi comes and be the speaker. Mm. All right. Well, I'm willing to let him up if he wants to join as a speaker. Sefi, can we get a thumb? Okay, Sefi's coming up. So, now that Sefi's up, would you like to kick things off? Yep. Welcome, Sefi. Would you like to give a, a quick, maybe two-minute introduction about who you are, how you got into crypto, and why we're speaking today? Yeah, I got into crypto about uh, a year ago, uh, buying this uh, Lunk uh, coin. It's not, mm. been going very, it's not been going very well for me. How did you find out about uh, Lunk? Um, there was this one character uh, by the name of uh, Bruce. And he said it would go up. So naturally, I do everything that Bruce says. Got it. Um, so, so just describe the situation. Maybe, maybe some more details. I think the audience wants to know a bit more. Uh, so, you were where were you when you first heard about Lunk? What were you doing? Uh, I was uh, playing around on Twitter Spaces, and there was this kind of group of idiots that uh, were pumping the thing, right? And I and I fell into this trap. Okay, yeah. And so, what you you sort of put the Twitter space your phone down, you went to your PC, and you just immediately bought. Well, I had to use a a VPN. I've never done that before, um, and uh, I had to pick it up off of this place called uh, Binance. Binance. Have you heard of it? No. What's that? Well, there was this character called CZ. Um, he apparently owns this thing. And he told me, uh, well, I don't know if he told me. I, he tweets things. I don't know if he's talking to me or what. Like, but he, I followed him, and he said um, that uh, he was going to burn it. He's going to burn Lunk. So I decided to get some. Okay. Okay. So, so you you listened to the space. You heard you had like two points of of uh, confirmation. You heard it from Bruce, and then you heard CZ say that it was a good idea as well. So, at that moment, you immediately went ahead and bought using your VPN. I don't know what that stands for. Um, what does VPN stand for, Sefi? Could you share that with us? I have no idea. Yeah. That's just anyway, stuff I nice heard on the internet. You. It was nice to hear from you, Sefi. Great to to meet you today and get to know you a little bit. I think we'll move on to our next guest now since we're a bit short for time. Xerix says, what's your favorite color? Hey guys, great to be here. Um, my favorite color, it's a hard, it's a hard choice. Uh, I have like a top 15. Um, hey, I, how would come say, you, I get all the hard questions and he just gets to answer his color choices. Wait, don't spill over. Your interview podcast is over. We're on to that was number 17. This is number 18. This is my interview now. Um, so uh, let's start again. Okay, let's start again. Nobody record this. Uh, hey, guys, great to be here. Uh, my name is OX Ears. I have 15 colors that I mm. really like. Um, my top three are probably purple, orange, and dark green. That's really rare, Ears. Did you know the, the favorite color of humanity is? Some kind of fairly dark turquoise, like a, a teal, a turquoisey teal. Um, and apparently the theory is that it's, it's some kind of reflection of the ocean and the sky. That we are wired to prefer 
And it's also more or less a hybrid between blue and green, which are also mass preferred. Um, but nobody really knows why that is the favorite color of humanity. The interesting thing is that all the populations around the world, regardless of nation or location, prefer this color. However, the, the secondary choices vary a lot. For instance, in Japan, about 20% of people's favorite color is black. But in the UK, it's only about 1% of people. So the, the secondary and, and tertiary colors vary a lot. But the primary color being that, that like turquoise color is, is always that, um, interestingly. And, and blue tends to run second. That's really interesting. So I'm abnormal, basically. People who prefer the colors that you describe are often transgender or some mixture of bisexual or even pedophilic. Okay. Well, um, well, I'm probably not the, the first or the third. Um, I'm, I might be the second. And the reason I say that, uh, and I'm glad we got onto this topic is the second question, you know, my sexuality. Um, oh, and I, did, I was you, watching... did you ever see that? Did you ever see that 1995 Pearl Jam concert? No, no, Vedder? but I saw the 1992 one, um, uh, Unplugged, MTV. And, uh, you know, there's a scene where he sort of like takes his cap off and his hair kind yeah, of Yeah, yeah, his hair. Yeah, yeah, really, really hot. Like his voice, you know, incredible. Like 1992 Eddie Vedder, it's like transcends like uh, gender and sex, all that stuff. He's like a universal sex icon to everyone who's ever lived. So um, I'd rec- I think everyone would be bisexual if they watched that scene, to be quite honest. Well, I think if you've got a dormant glimmer of a, of a bit of a love of, of dick, then that will be the, the thing to wake it up for sure. I'm not saying I felt that way. Next, Next question, please. When did you first realize that you were in a body? That's a really good question. I remember looking down. I, I remember being in the bathtub, like as, as like a maybe the first moment of consciousness. And I, I, I don't know if I remember this or I, I rem- remember remembering this. Probably remembering remembering it at this point. But I remember going like, "Ah, oh, I'm here!" And I was like, "It was. Uh, it must have been when I was two or three or something." 19. Um, oh, nineteen. Yeah, nineteen years old. Um, I just went like, "Oh," and um, I kind of uh, realized and. Um, yeah, I remember that, or at least I remember remembering it. Um, mm. But that's that's. Like, I don't know what my true earliest memory is. Like, yeah, I don't trust you, is because human memory is very fallible. Yeah, that's the thing. We imagine in the gaps all the time and rewrite everything. Maybe a better question is: is when did you first realize you were going to die? Oh yeah, yeah, good question. Hmm. I think. Or do you, or, hang on, I'm making an assumption. You might not realize it yet. No, no, I had. I remember the sense of looming dread. Um, I must have been like, I don't know, like nine or ten or something, and so it just clicked, and I was like, oh fuck, everyone I know is going to die, um, and that was um, that was the moment that um, that I realized, uh, yeah, the short sort of time we're going to be on this earth. And that's when I realized that we better enjoy ourselves and we better live life to the fullest. And, you know, if you find an exploit in a smart contract, exploit it. If like, so would you say that you're, because people have different 
consequences, different ramifications from a realization of death. Some people become quite nihilistic and, and morbid and they think, oh, it's, there's no point in doing anything. Other people are infused with a sense of gratitude, but other people still become these, these hedonist characters who almost let go of morality in the pursuit of greed and dopamine rushes in the short term. So would you say that if you were to stumble across a DEX with around $5 million of liquidity locked into it, and there was a simple way to extract it, if you were a person who was a hedonist, would you extract it and spend it quickly in the knowledge that you might die in a week? Why not have yeah. a blast? Yeah, and, that, and this, is a really good, this is a very pertinent question, very relevant question. So um, I, I'm morally neutral. You know, I'm not like chaotic. I'm not evil. I'm not lawful. Can we define either. that? Can we give um, an origin story of that in terms of the Dungeons and Dragons character mm -hmm. types? In terms of Dungeons and Dragons, no, I've never played never played Dungeons and Dragons because I'm not a faggot. Um, however, I do have some context of like what the uh, what it means to be neutral. What it means to be neutral is you don't sacrifice yourself for like the greater good. But then you do have a sense of fairness. You still do still, and you, everything is an EV calculation. Like, there's never a moment where I say, "Oh, I'm going to sacrifice myself for like mm. some some greater poker purpose." Player. Yeah, like everything's a poker play, exactly. So um, when you see that, you know what's plus EV? Um, it's it's like you you calculate ahead a few steps. You create like this. So like in the instance, let's say there was a dex that you could drain. Uh, what's like the plus EV situation? It's to create, it's like a big joke. I'm a big joke character on Twitter. <laughs> I'm a big joke character. Uh, I'm actually the one who's criticizing the team and I'm sort of misleading people, sort of like, hey, mm -hmm. look, it was someone inside the team. But in reality, it wasn't nobody, at all. It was just me. And nobody would believe it if you said it outright. Yeah. No one would even believe it if I said it, it was true. They wouldn't even believe me because it's a joke. I'm a joke character. It's all a big, it's all a big comedy act. That's the exactly. thing. That's the that's the curse of the, the the clown or the trickster or the comedian or the joker or the jester. When they say something that is absolutely serious, they're still not believed. That is a great exactly. cover story for a crime. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. But it's so not a crime. what you're saying is uh, don't buy the Terraport token now. No, I, I drained Aave V1 this morning. Uh, nothing about Terraport. It's not a crime, by the oh. way. Because in blockchain land, code is law. Code yes, is law. you like to describe what that means yeah. to the idiot here? So um, remember, like in the real world, like the only reason that anybody follows like this, this idea like money is worth something is that, you know, you've got the state and the police and you've got all these rules and contracts and the law and judges. In the world of blockchain, there are none of these things. It's only code. And so to drain a DEX or to drain a lending protocol, that is just a profitable trade. You know, so my team executed a profitable trade. Um, and unfortunately, that led to the insolvency and the uh, liquidity being like, taken and, and rugged. However, you know, there are always ways to repair that. Um, you know, because as a as a neutral, like mm -hmm. I'm not evil. I, I also see like the injustice of that and the unfairness of that. So, 
um, you know, you execute well, the property in space. Here's how I see it is, if the Eiffel Tower is built and it only has one leg for support, the other three are removed, and a small French man comes up to that one leg and gives it a light push and the whole structure falls down, is it the fault of the Frenchman or the fault of the architect? It's the fault of everybody looking at that building for a long time and not doing anything about the one, the three legs rather than four. It's the fault of the architect and the builders for saying. For, I don't for think it's pushing in any in, in any case. I would not say it's the fault of the the man pushing, because even a dog no. could go and push it and it would yes. fall down, or maybe yeah. the weather would at some point Gust fall it wind. down. It could be a gust of wind, could have been a seagull, could have been a dog, could have been anything. Um, could have been yeah, anyone. Exactly. But it was. Could it have was even been builders. AI, by the way. It could have been AI. If AI, could... <laughs> if AI had been pointed at Terraport, and actually it's a miracle that the hack came so late, because if ChatGBT had been pointed, or a series or combination of AutoGBTs had been pointed at Terraport, that thing would have been drained in a flash. It's yes. blind luck that it took one week for it to be hacked. Blind Think about it luck. this way. Think about it this way. If the architect of the Eiffel Tower constructed it with three legs instead of four, and then he had a big crowd of people he invited and say, everybody get in the lift. Everybody get up to the top. Get up there as fast as you can. And then a gust of wind blew it down. And, then, and he goes, shit, that would have been so good. We would have had such a good time. If only it hadn't exploded. If only it hadn't fallen over. Here's, that gust of wind. They were all at the top. They were all at the top Ears enjoying the, themselves. I was going to say, Ears, did the architect release the blueprints to everybody to look at after the uh, Eiffel Tower fell down? Mm, no. The, the thing is, the Eiffel Tower is open source. Everybody can see it. I can look at the Eiffel Tower and inspect it. And we can all look at it and everybody can watch yes. it as it falls over. I'm glad you picked up on that. The reason I chose the Eiffel Tower is because it's a metal structure. It's not like the Twin Towers or one of those other structures where the steel beams inside are hidden. It's all out there in the open for everyone to see. It's a, it's a living blueprint. It's right there. You can see everything, every nut and rivet, every bit of steel. It's right there to see, just like Terraport is. It's the whole idea of a DEX. Anyway, I don't know why we're talking about Terraport. My interview's gone off the rails. Is the interview what do you want to do with the money? I don't know. Um, uh, I don't know. Probably like adopt, like maybe I'm going to fund an orphanage or something. Hey, I've only been in crypto for a years, years, but uh, what I've seen everyone do is turn their crypto winnings into uh, Lamborghinis. That's what you do here. Let me ask you a different question, because I think you're feeling quite confronted. If you had, if you had five million dollars trapped between a series of centralized exchanges where you don't have KYC and on chain, what would you do with it? Sorry, I was just reading some accusing DMs. Could you repeat your question? Yes, I would say if you were to look back five days ago and you weren't in such a rush to withdraw the funds how do you think a better way to to extract that oh, money would be 
oh my god there's so many better ways there's so many better ways uh so the first step would be to uh to let's see uh ibc that shit to osmosis mm -hmm. and then swap it for axilar usdc and then to use axilar to take it over to ethereum and then provide usdc liquidity to curve and then farm using the two million dollars and sell the curve rewards and live have a passive income that's one thing that's an idea uh the second idea would be um do all the steps except instead of going to curve you go to something like um what's a mixer that still works i don't know any i don't use mixers but use a mixer scramble that up it's lost yeah. forever um, something like tornado yes tornado cash um or a rail gun i think is working now that's what uh, the north koreans that's what the lazarus group does and what Railgun yep. does is it splits your transaction up into thousands and thousands of tiny transactions and into tens of thousands of wallets. So it's like completely impossible to follow what the fuck's going on. Um, yeah, especially if you wait a while, keep it in there. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, just like running strategies on chain, going long, like, so um, what you can do is uh, you could, you could like use the how much was it like five million um you could probably it was, like, um the the value was somewhere between four and five million yeah mm. i mean you could you could gamble it you could go to like any of these perps exchanges and gamble you could i mean there's just like loads of things you could do that don't involve dropping it into a, a centralized exchange and like doxing yourself and getting your funds frozen but that was you that could was also go to Uniswap and, and ape into Flex. You could also go, yeah, you could go pump Flex. Yeah, you should. Or you could provide concentrated liquidity on Uniswap V3 within a narrow band, like 1.75 to 2.25 um, for extra capital efficiency, but also extra impermanent loss. So you have to be aware of those downsides and upsides um, exactly. if you're going to provide it to narrow band. And if the price moves out of that, of course, you're, you're not doing any trading actively. Um, so be aware of all those risks and rewards. Yeah, there are, there are loads of strategies to run on chain, actually. Like, yeah, um, even like really simple ones. You don't, uh, you, like Uniswap B3 providing concentrated liquidity, you could get wrecked by impermanent loss. That's, that's a, I think what most people end up doing is considering like um, providing stablecoin liquidity on, on Curve. That's just like, that's just like a sensible way to do it. You know what would have been funny? The hacker moves it to Ethereum and then buys like 2,000 melodies. <laughs> that would be that would be amazing. Sweep the yeah, they, sweep they the floor. become a legend. That yeah. would be like a weird <laughs> way of becoming a legend. 100%. Um, All the hack funds are in melodies. Yeah, I don't know. Um, then you could sell them over the counter and stuff. You know, you could like... Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what the latest over-the-counter like protocols and stuff are, or like just. I mean, yeah. There's just like the whole. Oh, Terraport. <laughs> Terraport is in the audience. Come oh. up and speak, Terraport. Yeah, let's invite Terraport. Um, they're they're looking for leads. I think so. I've invited them up. You should invite them to co-host. Uh, yeah. Hang on. Invite. Yeah, I've invited Terraport to co-host. Um, and to join the interview 
of me. And if they don't join and become co-hosts, they're a fucking pussy. Big time. Big time pussy. While we wait to see if Terraport would like to join. Um, so we've discussed... No, hang on. Don't accept that. <laughs> Call yourself a fucking Dex. Be a real man. Come up. Us up here, we're only users. You're a fucking mm. Dex. That's true. That's true. When you raised money from the public and you wrote a light paper and you published it and you, and you instantiated contracts and you accepted funds, you took on the responsibility. And part of that responsibility is to come and speak and to, and to be heard you and answer, to communicate. You answer. answer to terror investors. I had five terror. I've lost that all. I want answers. I did have some tarot tokens, actually. I was kind of gifted some. I think I've still... Hang on. I think my tarot is safe because I was providing liquidity on Astroport. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I suppose they are safe. Although you probably got destroyed by impermanent loss, let's be honest. Mm, I shouldn't have to think about this myself. I should get answers from Terraport. True. True. <sighs> Does anyone know why Terraport is refusing to come and speak as a yes. large decentralized organization? Yes, I know why. I know exactly why. Why? Would you like me to tell you? Yes. Okay, I'm going to tell you why. The reason that Terraport doesn't want to come up and speak is because they're not really a decentralized exchange. They're registered companies with people who have doxxed and live in places and everybody kind of knows like they are they're under legal scrutiny they have to be careful about what they say they have to be careful about joining spaces and saying the wrong thing and potentially stumbling up um i would i mean like however having said that they're still commenting and like members of their team are still commenting on twitter and i, I don't see the difference between like commenting on twitter threads and making like uh, posts and stuff just coming up and having a chat with the lads, just reminiscing. So, yeah, we don't bite, do we? Is no, I'm not a biter. We don't fucking bite. <laughs> what use would it be to bite? Yeah, you already been. No, bitten. no point in biting at this at this stage. No point in biting. We're all in this together. We're all We're here all together. together. Every one of That'll us is positive. a victim. We've all been, we've all been done. We've all been rugged. We're all, and we're, we're all fighting. All fighting. <laughs> we're all fighting. fighting. Uh, working, working with CZ, working with Mexi. We're all fighting to get the funds back for Lunk's prosperity. Hello, hello, CZ, <laughs> CZ. Hello, hi. Stereport here. I've got a problem with me. Let me launch pad. And me Dex and me DeFi platform. Would you be able to lend us a hand from you, from Binance? Is that all right? Would you like to come over and help us track the wallets, those nasty wallets? See who's done it. Have you spoken to my? <laughs> Continue. Have you spoken to my friend Raja BB? No. 
Who's that? She is my close friend. Oh, yes. That's right. I think she emails regularly. <sighs> it's also passing. The longer the teleport takes to come up here, the more guilty they are. Everyone's more and more suspicious. I'm wondering guilty what's going on. The Dex that doesn't come up to answer is guilty. It's, yes. We've got Yog Yogaba. The Yogba the Bear. Right. People who aren't in Dexes are coming up. What does that say? Sorry. I passed it by accident. That's okay. You're here now. Mm -hmm. What do you what do you think about the fact that Terraport is refusing to come up and speak? Is it okay if I'm gonna use my fake accent because I'm a little bit afraid of hackers? You can use yeah. any fake accent that you like. This is a free decentralized open source space. Well, I don't really know. They are probably still afraid they're gonna get hacked more. I would be afraid as well. Hmm, it's possible. I don't know how they could be hacked anymore, though. That's the that's the thing. I think there's like, where else can you go now? Maybe they. It's only up. Maybe they are hiding still some Terra, and hackers can find them. No, I think they've got a lot of Terra. I think they've got tons of Terra tokens. Um, they got like uh, seventy percent of supply. Yeah, there's no problem there. There's no, there's no short shortage of supply of terror tokens. It's the lack of places to sell it. That's the problem. Well, if 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 one person manages to stake terror now, they'll learn a million percent APY. That's what I was thinking actually. I was actually thinking about um obviously the UI is down, isn't it? But uh, if anyone can be bothered to open up the CLI and figure out how to provide liquidity and stake and stuff. Oh, we're in a good position there because we've got our Terraport on uh, oh, Astroport. So if we can flip it over through hey, the CLI. It could still be a very good uh, launch pad. That's um, so undeniable. What I'm thinking, may maybe... We were going to cover this, Sethi. You're rushing we can ahead. Maybe we can all pitch in. You're rushing in. ahead. You're rushing ahead, man. Like okay. we had this clearly down as the chapter. We were going to talk about this in hour three, and then we were going to talk about the fact that it's a DeFi platform in hour six. But it's all three, right? So, like, if we have all three in one place, maybe we should all like buy the Terra token, maybe OTC, and Look, uh, invest. Maybe just because the Dex has been destroyed. Doesn't mean that the DeFi platform or the launchpad have been destroyed. They haven't. Three separate things. If the father is dead, the Holy Ghost and the Son are still there. Yeah, I need to jot that down. Is can we somehow inject our own? Terror into the the Terraport decks and gain enormous yeah. APYs. Um, yeah, probably. 
Probably. Great. Um, that's actually like not a bad idea. Uh, yeah, because I guess, well, obviously all the smart contracts still are running. Um, that's the point of them. They run in perpetuity and it's like fixed APY in Terra tokens. I mean, but the problem is that like, you're just earning like a fuckload of Terra tokens. So, but there's nowhere to sell. Mm-hmm. So, so that's See the problem. I do have a question, right. if I may. This is John speaking. I'm quite new on this forum, so uh, thank you for uh, having this kind of uh, chat. And I do have a question regarding Terra. Uh, I I read uh, that the funds are frozen, but I also read that some of them are already returned. Can you confirm or discard if that is true? I can't confirm anything. Uh, however, I can tell you what I think is likely. So here's what's likely. Um, if the hacker deposited funds onto a centralized exchange and then the centralized exchange subsequently froze his account, those funds are then stuck. So like he won't be able to sell them or off-ramp them. So they're kind of there, kind of like uh, ring-fenced for the future, for, for them to then figure out who the, the correct owners of the tokens are. Like, I don't know what the burden of proof is here and like how that works, to be honest. But like, so those, those are stuck. The, the ones on-chain, so like anything he didn't deposit to a, a centralized exchange um, can't be moved by anyone apart from the hacker. And I mean, like... You know, if he just keeps them on Terra forever, it is possible to actually upgrade people's wallets like via governance. Um, little known fact, you could like if you get enough people to get behind this, and I'm, I don't think it's ever been done before, but I'm pretty sure you could do this where you could actually like like seize it or roll the chain back. Um, those are two ideas. However, uh, you, I don't know, like, I don't know if anybody's actually in a position to like, for example, roll the actual chain back to the point just before the hack. Like, this is kind of DAO hack shit, right? Um, then, I mean, like, if he takes it off chain, then uh, GG. Okay. But, um, yeah, that's, um, but, and, like, the options of getting it off him if he hasn't deposited to a centralized exchange are pretty limited. And that's, that's like, my best guess. And assuming that, well, uh, the hacker, in terms of returning the funds has to be something that he has to do uh, in a good will, let's say. Uh, that is unlikely to happen. So is any chance to, let's say, do like a version, version 2.0 of this Terra token and make absolutely useless whatever is already in his account? So the, the problem isn't the Terra tokens um, because the team can mint more of those. Like, that's fine. The The problem is that the liquidity, the LUNC and the USTC has been taken. Right. So um, because that's the liquidity that's actually on the DEX, that, that's like, like obviously the Terra tokens are denominated in USTC and in LUNC because like that's just like, oh, what, what's the price of Terra? It's like whatever is the ratio of tokens in the pool, like the LUNC and the USTC in the pool. If you take those, you can't, you know, no one can mint more of those. Um, well, that's not true actually, but, you know, but like they're gone. So um so um, that's the problem. Piers, I have a question. Yes. What is USTC? It's a failed al- algo stablecoin that's fundamentally useless. 
Oh, Luke is going to one dollar. <laughs> yes. So much fud oxiers. I'm just I'm just telling the truth, Demon. Don't be fud. Some some people don't like to hear it. Um but it's the truth. This is the antidote. This is the antithesis to the diamond hand space. Ex- exactly, the blaspheming. The, past, the pastor in the church will tell you that lung's going to $1, and I'm the devil. I'm the whispering in your ear telling you, no, it won't ever reach $1. It doesn't make any sense. Absolutely not. Where the hell you been, boss? Where's my money? You want your money, demon? You're going to have to come find me. I've been all over here looking for your ass. Talking about money since Yogaba's in here. Yogaba, how the hell did it cost $6,400 to build the Terra Grants Foundation website? On a platform that's free. Demon, I mean, man, $6,400. I, I mean, if I, le- if I just lean over my sofa right now, yeah. The seven, seven, seven grand, seven grand behind my sofa. It's not even worth thinking about. It's fine. Let's move on. People underestimate how stressful making a WordPress website is. You have to go through the, the options and select a theme, and then you have to add some text. Yeah, hey, WordPress. I've, I've, uh, I've done it. I still have PTSD from that, man. Don't don't bring yeah. that up in this space. I thought this was a safe space. Well, like, what if you get the font selection incorrect? You know, this is specialist. Oh, oh God! Don't don't say it. Don't say it. Comic no, Sans. Just... Comic Sans. Oh, also, imagine if you need to write some text, and you need to you put a few bullet points into ChatGPT, and then you generate a paragraph. And then you move it back into WordPress and you paste it and save it. $300. I'll do it for you. Mm, yes. Per um, quoted tweet. So is this still an interview with Oxiers? I feel like we've moved on a little bit here. It's fine if no one has any more questions. We can, we can change it to an interview with... Uh, with Demon Monkey. Although, I don't know much about Yogba, Yogaba, so perhaps we could do an interview with Yogaba. I don't think it's a good idea. I'm technically working, and I don't want my supervisors to punish me after. What kind of work do you do? I cannot say. I'm afraid of hackers. What kind of punishment? Well, let's say you make let's say you make donuts at work, and let's say we talk about donuts here. Your boss will think you're just ordering more supplies for the donut shop. I don't think it's a good idea. They can be very dangerous, and I think some of them actually might be Russians. Yeah, some of them are almost certainly Russians. Um, okay, let's check my DMs. Uh, minimal abuse, minimal. Okay, good. That's fine. Um, I don't know where to take this next. 
I don't know what to do. I've never been a host before. Someone help me. Well, my heart still hurts from talking about fonts and font sizes. Yeah. Specialist shit. Um, I don't know. Um, can anyone apply to get a grant from the Terra Grants Foundation? Presumably, yes. Is there like a form or something? Ooh, I'm going to apply. Yeah, man. Running these I mean, Anybody can, yeah. I like everyone who's spending like hours of dead of their days like running Twitter spaces and stuff. Like there's a cost to this. There's a cost to running this space. Like the opportunity cost. Like at least compensate us for that. That's what I've always said. Some of these things are like, hey, we're gonna do like an hour of Twitter spaces a day for the next year, you know, pay us three hundred K or something like that. I think that's feasible. I did invoice the community already and they didn't pay it, which I was very upset about. Oh, you did the work and then you asked, sent out the invoice. That's the problem. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, Ears, what you can do is you can put out a proposal that includes... Um, so the community checks every month whether you did the work, whether the price of the coin goes up, and then decides to pay you. How about that? So you only get paid if number go up. Does that make sense? That sounds completely fine. Um, that's like the kind of deal that Gainsy signed with Rollbit, where uh, they had like a price, like they were like, if we get the price to the here, whatever the, the, the target was, you will, all the influencers get like a big payout. So then it was like aligning interests. Like the influencers are now incentivized to like pump their token and uh, everybody wins. And it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting one, totally illegal, uh, but very interesting setup um, and just par for the course for uh, crypto Twitter at this point. I mean, it's exactly what the guys of Terra did. They promote the token with this bunch of um, advisors and they were advertising that in whole Twitter. And then they, they rug pull all of us. Chris, are you in a safe place? I am in a safe place. Are you in a safe place? Yeah, just make sure you're not like uh, drinking and driving and all that, right? I'm drinking coffee and driving. Does that count? Yeah, it's good. Hey, Sappy, I got a question for you. Let me run a hypothetical scenario by you. So if you tell me that you have an investment opportunity for me, right? And I say, okay, I would like to invest in this investment opportunity. And I give you a hundred dollars and you put it in an envelope and you put it in your glove box and you go to the gas station and you leave your car unlocked and someone steals that envelope with my a hundred dollars in it and everybody else's a hundred dollars in it. Are you responsible for paying back those people their hundred dollars? Nope. It's just all gone. I feel like Terraport should give me back my hundred dollars.
me and I feel like I feel like my money was stolen from me because they launched something without making sure that it was safe. So from their negligence. And that in a, in a nutshell is why the government uses violence. Well, I just think that, you know, Terraport decided to launch something without making sure that, you know, couldn't be messed with and screwed over. So all the people that lost their money, I think Terraport owes them people an apology and their money back. That's just my personal opinion. I'd like my money back, please, Terraport. How much money did you lose, Chris? I lost $100, which isn't a lot mm. compared to a lot of people that invested in things and lost. You know, there's people in this space that, you know, lost millions of dollars and other things and hundreds of thousands of dollars in other things. But my, uh, you know, my next question was going to be, did you provide that as liquidity or did you invest it in the pre-sale? Uh, neither. I invested it by buying Terraport tokens with my luck tokens, uh. and I staked those tokens, and now they're gone. I think, now, this is my take in the situation, of your specific situation. Um, because you bought into a speculative token, in the same way when I bought into a speculative token called Luna, I was like, well, I'll accept the upside. Um, you also have to then accept the potential downside. Uh, I think all the liquidity providers have a case because that was just like the contract was was fucked. So they all got drained. Um, but if you invested into a speculative token and it went to zero, then that's part of the part of the game. Um, and yeah, if it went the other way, if it 100x'd, I'm sure like... Well, I don't know. Maybe you would have uh, invested back some of that money you, back into when them, you buy but... the when you buy the token, it would be no different than let's say, um, like you know, you have a team, they're building something. You buy some token. You gave me the hundred dollars. I put it in my car, and then me and my team and the whole car got swallowed by an earthquake. Right, the the car, everything fell into a sinkhole. We all died. Uh, you're you're probably not getting your hundred dollars back there either. So when it comes to the speculative tokens, the expectation is is that uh, that uh, it can go to zero. Well, I, I think that analogy is slightly flawed because um, whether the car was unless by it's a unless sinkhole, it's insured or something, right? You know, it, it the car wasn't swallowed by a sinkhole. The envelope was stolen out of the glove box because. You left your car unlocked in a sketchy neighborhood, you know. So right, but when you when you what I'm saying is when you it. buy the token, when you buy the token, the assumption should be that the entire team could uh, live in a country that gets bombed and blown to little bits, and therefore uh, the whole team could die of like maybe a pandemic or or some other thing. So you execution risk uh, in terms of your benefit from buying the token is wholly dependent on a small team of people that can mess up. And that's just part of the uh, speculative risk of uh, really buying anything. Like there's a lot of stocks and things that do the same thing. They go to zero and you just have to not put too much of your money into those things. So when people say you should, you should uh, 
it, like your money can go to zero or whatever. Like no one, no one ever believes it when it comes to their coin, but uh, that's how it should be considered. Yeah, this is just it, my first it depends time being how they rogue. represent it. it. It also depends how they represent it, right? Like what they say. Um, they said quite a lot of dodgy shit, by the way, like in the whole pre-sale and lead up and all the influences and stuff and weird promises of 10x volume on chain and all these things. There were a lot of promises made throughout the whole process. Um, and then obviously it matters what happened. Like whether the team stole money or whatever, right? True. True. Uh, I, I was reading something I think is called a Cosmo, Cosmo Rex. And he was showing quite evidences that it's not uh, likely to be like a rug pull. More, it's more likely to be something arranged from inside. So that is really, really, really frustrating. It is. It is frustrating. Um, it's it's primarily the fact that. If this if this is the case that there's something baked into the smart contracts from day one and nobody found it and nobody checked it and they didn't bother to wait for the audit to be finished before they actually launched this thing, that's like pure negligence. It's extremely frustrating. Um, so yeah, I, I get that. I think anybody who is providing liquidity as like uh, a claim, anyone who had just speculated and bought into the Terra token, well, you still have those tokens. Um, I don't, I don't, you know, that's the same as like buying Luna and it went to zero. Like you don't really necessarily have a case against Do Kwan when you bought into like a casino. But if you were doing like providing the liquidity and then the contract is fundamentally fucked from day one, um, I think that that's a little bit different. Wait, if we don't have a case against Do Kwan, what's the whole SEC thing about? Um, I don't. What are you want like a, a bit of a contract? Let's add liquidity to Astroport. It's really annoying because uh, the initial <laughs> ratio puts uh, Terraport token as quite a high price still. Oh, that is so <laughs> if you want to if you want to swap if you want to swap like a thousand USTC, uh, then yeah. you'll only get about. 20 teraport token we can't even really add liquidity because like for every one teraport like what's the price like what's the ratio in there now look just add i'll add two let's add uh, let's be nice add two two tokens <laughs> yeah add whatever you can everyone go to astroport and put in at the top the other thing uh teraport token two. and then usd remember like <laughs> if if the lesson of uh if the lesson of uh, TFL has any lesson at all, it's that nobody really cares about the details when the price is low. Uh, nobody cares about the project uh, when it gets really big and it turns out that there are flaws, then suddenly people start pointing them out. And then if uh, it gets really big, then there's a bigger potential for attack. And um, any of the regulatory shit, like you know whether or not you've created a security or not, may not seem like a big deal when it's small, but let's say you were really, really successful. Um, then now all of a sudden you have all of that, whatever SEC risk or whatever, right? Like they don't, they don't go after small fish or whatever. So these small DEXs and whatnot, like they want to put together the thing and then they have a security token, which 
anytime the team owns some portion of the actual coins, that basically makes it a security. So everyone that bought the token had to have realized that, well, there's that sort of like that risk going into it. So it's not the same as like putting your, giving your money into a person and giving it to someone sticking it in their car. You're giving it to a cocaine dealer who's then sticking it in their car and then it gets stolen. And then like, <laughs> like it's, you shouldn't necessarily be shocked that it goes to zero. Like it's a gamble on something that is ultra high risk to begin with, whether it's a, a team's fault or not the team's fault. It's uh, you, you still have no. the risk of total loss of fund. No. I think mm-hmm. you're right. I think you're right. No, he's not. Well, well, Look, classic. What has happened? What has happened here with Terraport was a seven-day version. How how long was Terraport open? Like a week, something like that, right? Yeah, about yeah. a week or something. About a week. What has happened with Terraport is a seven-day version of what happened with Luna. Same thing in all ways. Seven-day version, and just like. Do Kwon is being chased by the SEC and the Korean government now and will probably serve out the rest of his days in prison in these countries. Here's, please stop adding these idiots. Just like Do Kwon will spend the rest of his days rotting in prison, so too will the Terraport team. Because not only are they equal to Do Kwon in what happened, but they arguably rugged their own project to some degree, whoever owned those contracts to start with. And also, they performed an illegal security sale to American investors, which is far worse than what Do Kwon did. So even if Do Kwon mm-hmm. gets a lifetime in prison, then the Terraport team will probably get three lifetimes, if not the death sentence. And I think that's fair. Because in my view, their crime is a lot worse than Do Kwon's ever was. So good riddance. Hey, $5 million is a lot of money. The other day on Spaces, we were arguing about the potential embezzlement of $120, you recall. And the community is about to string that person up. So $5 million, you could have like maybe thousands of death sentences. Well, here's one way to see it, Sethi. The $5 million means more to the Lunk investors than the $60 billion did mean to the lunar investors. Because they're entirely from the third world. Yeah, like, for example, I had most of my, uh, uh, like, families, uh, so I have some family members with cancer and such. I had most of that money tied into this uh, Terra port exchange. The thing went to zero, and now mom is going to die of cancer. You know, like, People have to realize it's not all like money is not just money, right? It could be more important to some people than others. Exactly. I've heard, I've heard through my own DMs, five suicides from Terraport so far. Five. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I mean, I just saw a, a mass shooting here by my house because they they were uh, crazy. They're getting crazy about this Terra thing. The the. Terra, many of the Terraport investors were incels. And so when you combine <laughs> the financial loss with all of the hate on 4chan and gun rights, you get a terrible combination. Yeah. Um, yes. Well, it's all a big fucking mess, isn't it? It's all a very big mess. Um, all very silly. All extremely silly. 
and let's hope it doesn't happen again. How but, many years? How many years hmm. do you think Rex Rexy deserves in prison? Eh, let's see. So, well, let's think about and, and hang on. Describe the prison as well. <laughs> the level of the security, prison. the kind of prison, like the the blueprint from above. Well, I'm just imagining. Would it have a central um, observation towers with many wings? Brick, Would it be a minimum security one? No, he's in he's in he's in Brixton. He's in with all of the thugs. The financial. Then again, the financial crimes. Like, do they go somewhere else? Like, I don't even know. I think this is more than a financial crime, mate. <laughs> Spiritual crime. Are we talking? Are we talking like uh, automated uh, turrets and uh, a laser fence? Let's not get silly. You guys know anything about the raccoons? Yes. Yes. About following the smart contracts. Followed them. Followed them. I know exactly what's happened with Rap Luna. Still following. Yeah, can you, can you give us some information about it? What you actually know? No, we're upset right now. This is you're 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 walking five, into a funeral. Five people have died. You're asking about a volleyball game. You're walking into a funeral and you're asking about the results of a volleyball game. Really? Five million dollars have been lost in Terraport and people have died. It's Many not people. okay to change topic. It's not okay to change topic at this point in time. Oh, that's fair enough. I was just asking a question. And people don't realize that they're suffering. These are normal people, by the way. Just earlier, I heard okay. from a medical doctor in his second year of college. He can't continue because he was relying on the terrible profits. Damn. to continue on with his medical education. His life is ruined. <clears throat> I've heard from a young black mother in the Bronx who can no longer pay her rent because she was relying on Terraport APY, 60% per year. I'm hearing from normal people all around the world. I've heard of somebody who's hung themselves. These are normal people who were relying on this protocol that provided infinitely sustainable yield but it didn't happen, did it? And their lives are now ruined. Just like Do Kwon ruined the lives of millions of people. Except this time it hits harder, doesn't it? Because we yeah. knew these people. They were friends. They were family. They were people we spoke to online in spaces all the time. So I am disgusted. I'm upset. I'm in grief. I'm shocked. And I think this is going to take a very long time to get over. But all we can personally do is be there for people who are suffering. Like you said, it's, it's like uh, Luna, but it's, as you said before, it's worse. It's very worse than Luna. It's, it's like uh, you can fall once, but when you fall again, it hits harder, you know? So it's, the, the damage is, is incredibly higher than what happened with Luna. Mm -hmm. And in Luna, the, the death spiral took seven days. People had seven days to escape. Here, they had zero seconds. All these dreams from people away in this half second. Incredible. Mm. It's all very sad and uh, all very predictable. And that's why I feel so disappointed. Uh, yes. Have any of your personal friends or family been affected? 
buy a Terraport <sighs> rug? No. Uh, and the reason that they're not is because I fudded them so hard every day. I fudded the Terraport platform to them so much that they they never got involved. They never touched it. I only I only tell my friends and family when it's a surefire win, when there's a surefire, beautiful opportunity that's completely clear cut, crystal clear. And even then, they still like go, "Well, I'm not sure." And that's because they're very skeptical of crypto, and they should be. They should be very skeptical of crypto. Would you say that your family is a collective of doubting Thomases? Yeah, yeah. They're um. What's the what's the story in the Bible where he where he walks down the road and then he gets blasted by God and then he turns into a complete zealot? Um, Walking down the road to Damascus. Yeah, Matthew Matthew ten four. When he walks down the road and cleanses the lepers. Yeah, not that one, but that one's fine too. Um, yes, I'm cleansing my friends and family like Jesus cleansed the lepers, and by and telling them that DeFi is a scam. Don't get involved. Well, you know, um, I'm not sure if Jesus was cleansed from the lepers. I mean, cleanse the lepers. I mean, he he washed their feet. I think that's what you mean, right? That's right. And he didn't get sick, even though it actually turns out it was, there's two types of leprosy. And the one that he was actually interacting with has zero contamination risk. We, we know that now, though. He didn't know that at the time. I see. But the thing is about Jesus is, you know, I've spoken to Christ about DeFi. And um, I guess it's hard to really explain, you know, when you imagine the church is like, uh, finance, and you imagine the federal government is like Coinbase, but uh, Ave is like a new religion, you know, like a little, small little religion people are trying to get interested in. And people are moving their money to this new religion, right? I would call it like, maybe Manichaeism from back in the day. You guys remember Manichaeism. It's a very famous religion for like 100 years. And what we need to do is we need to incubate this idea. So recently I got into like a religious fervor, you know, like a berserker fervor. And I spoke to Jesus and this is what he said. And when you go to the Temple Mount, uh, you go up and you speak to God and you say, give me the Ten Commandments like Moses did. And I was like, okay, Jesus, that's fine. I didn't know you're a black Baptist teacher now, but that's fine. And uh, in these Ten Commandments, it turns out they all say that you guys are scammers and you've defrauded multiple people. You've rugged different projects and everyone in the audience should never listen to you. Um, seriously, the amount of times that you've given bad advice and also talked about really bad projects is really incredible. And the goal, the true goal that Beardy Man has to come back here show his ass and tell us that what we should pay for so that these projects can go have a nice dinner with our money as they run away is a truly an amazing thing you know and i i just find it fascinating i truly do um you know for example crypto susanna says it is a mars at well first off mars is a scam sei is a scam lunk is a scam for sure Luna 2.0 is a scam. You know, even the founder went to, is going to jail right now. Kuja is also 100%, well, Kujira actually, is a scam. Everyone knows that. And Cosmos is not a scam, but 
the tokenomics of that thing don't make any sense at all. And it's truly amazing that you guys even attempt to make any sense. You guys are like that lawyer. If the glove don't fit, just to quit. You guys don't fit. Fuck off. Everything is a scam. No, it's, it's not. Different. Real estate's not a scam. Owning gold is not a scam. No. Owning actual... See, you don't own Please. shit in real life. I own my own house. I own different properties across the United States. People actually use that stuff. I own warehousing, right? You have to actually lease it for me. There's lawyers involved. It's a great business. Okay. I have my own business. All You're right. a fucking idiot because you think that everything's a scam because you've never, ever made any money. And off of the back and tears of hardworking people, you just say, what about isms? Oh, what about this? Is a scam. Well, what, what about, about that? Scam. I live in the UK. I live in a right control apartment. Gold? I live in public gold housing. No I'm on the dole. I'm what on the dole. I'm a batty boy. I'm a batty boy. You're a batty boy. That's what you are. You're a batty boy. Batty boy. Shut the fuck up. Batty boy. Batty boy. Batty boy. Batty boy. Batty boy. You like a batty boy. Batty boy. Nothing at all. There's nothing you can do with gold. Batty boy. Batty boy. That seems like a waste of time. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, great. All that copying to come out of your mouth for all those projects that deep throated you, bitch. Thank you for your contributions. You're welcome. Me, You're a scammer. Everyone in the audience, everyone knows it. Thank you for your DMs calling him out. Especially all the people on this stage. Why are you here? No one is going to give you any money. And the people who are paying you, they don't really want you either. Wait. I'm, here to, I'm here to make friends. No, you're not. You're here to make friends to dump on them. You're going to take your ass and you're going to shit all over their face. And like you've done so many times all those stupid projects. Don't fucking shill Kujira to me anymore. Don't fucking shill AquaDAO. Don't shill a cash network. Don't shill wait, all these wait, horrible wait, wait, wait. sub chains. I'm tired of it. We're all tired of it. Say's claimed. No, no, no. Crypto said, hear this. Say Network claimed it got 3.8 million unique users for its testnet as a lie. The maximum number of users ever on Ethereum is 487,000 at one time unique users. It has lied and you're lying and you claim that you're valid. You're telling people to invest in it. You're a fucking liar. Jimmy, how, how much terror did you have? How much terror did you lost? How much? Hey, yeah, let's do it in a grammatical sentence. How much terror have <laughs> I lost? Or do you want to say it like this? You like a loser terror, or you don't know? I'm not interested in your bullshit, okay? Everyone who is here knows who you are. I'm not interested in your fraudstership. We don't care anymore. People in the audience who DM me saying, call them out, call them out, call them out, call them out. We don't want you anymore, man. Aren't you tired of hurting people? Look, all these retweets saying, Jimmy, you're right. Jimmy, keep going. Jimmy's the best. What about this shit? They're all saying, you're a scammer. You live in a small basement, rent controlled. Show a picture of what you actually own in life. Show one property deed. One, show some success, show evidence of growth. No, you won't because you haven't done anything. You can't code. You can't do any UI UX stuff. All you can do is open your mouth and suck that dick. 
You mean you are a scout? So, yeah, yeah, you laugh because it's true. You have no comebacks. You have no charisma. You have no insults. You have no game. So you can only laugh. Okay, I'm going to laugh with you. Now, as Jimmy had an upsource validator and no longer an upsource we can assume that he was at least partly involved in the outdoor scout. And so everybody knows the outdoor scam was one of the largest scams perpetrated so far as a VC-backed blockchain. Someone's muted Jimmy. Um, we're having a conversation, Crypto Susanna. I don't know why you muted him. I couldn't hear anything you said. It was Jimmy talking. But it sounded boring, though, so I don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's very upset. Okay, I'm going to do like, you know, like a feminine bitch. <laughs> oh, you're too much for me, Jimmy. Stop it, please. Great. So, Thank you, Jimmy. Yeah, so um, Jimmy is upset. Jimmy I'm is... I'm not upset about anything. I actually sound extremely calm now, right? I'm chilling. I'm chilling. I'm having a fun time. I feel very calm, sir. Believe me, I feel very calm. But when people in the audience say in my DMs, just call them out. I'm calling them out. Mm. Okay. okay. So I'm wondering, Jimmy the Otter, if when no, I don't think created... we need to explain ourselves to this. Well, is I don't think we need to explain ourselves. I think we've got a scammer up here, Ryan Lyons. That's, that's what I was about to get into. Not only is he pushing his own shitcoin, but he's also a Kujira senator. If you notice, Jimmy was slamming Kujira. He was slamming the Lion Dow. He's slamming a number of projects, which I had no participation when in. When did I mention Lion Dow? No, you definitely you said did. Lion. No, I you said Lion Check Dow. Nope, never you did. said Lion Dow. No, you are. You said, don't lie to me, Jimmy. You are. I'll backtrack on this point now. You said a lot of words. You're a sociopath. Mm-hmm. Okay. We're still all waiting for the use case of gold. There is no use case. There's no utility. It's just I don't know, man. Gold's been used for a very long time. Always will be used. And also, let's not forget, there's a reason why gold is used. So in terms of use cases, it's scarce. It's actually surprisingly more scarce than you ever thought. Majority of the gold in circulation is gold that was from the Roman Empire, at least that time period. It's been melted and remelted again and again and again. It's now in bank vaults. It is surprisingly scarcer than you people think. If you actually read any monetary history of the Roman Empire, you'd be very surprised how often gold would be remelted. It was very rare to find a new gold mine back in the day. And even actually, there's very few gold mines even in the world right now. Scarcity. It's a byproduct. Sometimes it's a byproduct. We could find a cobalt mine. And sometimes you find a small gold byproduct. It's, it happens. But it's not a real gold mine because the uh, refining cost is exceptionally high. In Europe, there's just a handful of gold mines. Mm. Well, mm. good research. Mm. Can do that again. Do that effeminate thing again. Do that effeminate thing again. Mm. Like when you take it in the ass. Mm. Come on, do it with me right now. One, two, three. Mm. Clay, I want more whataboutisms. What about this? It's a scam. I've never made any money, so I don't care anymore. I haven't read a single book on economic history, on monetary theory. I don't know anything about Milton Friedman or Joseph Schumpeter. I don't know anything about Friedrich Hayek or Ron Mises. I don't even know who Bernard Keynes is. 
So I'm just going to say a lot of what about isms like silver. What about that? Copper. What about that? What about this? I mean, come on. When's the, can I ask you a question? When's the last time you read a book? And if so, what was it about? The last book I read was not the TikTok. Light. Don't read TikTok text. A light paper was the last book I read. That's not a book. Okay, so because you don't understand, since you're from a, a public housing project, I'm going to repeat myself. When's the last time you read a book from cover to cover? A book. No, no one claims that a white paper is a book. Unless you're doing more whataboutisms where you say, it's a book. I'm just going to go check the dictionary. Okay, it's not, I'm saying it's a book. My definition, my multi-relative definition of a book is not equal to yours because I just like to invent things out of thin air, like every single thought I've ever had. Well, I can't match this energy right now, Jimmy. And uh, Believe me, I my friend, I'm actually exceptionally calm. I'm just asking a few questions and you just simply refuse to answer. Well, I don't think it's about me answering questions, despite it being called podcast number 18, interview of OX ears. And perhaps that's how you've interpreted So you're interviewing yourself. No one cares about that. I asked you a question. You refused to answer. Not once, not twice, but 10 times. Because I asked a simple question. When is the last time you read a book? Especially since you say, for example, gold isn't that scarce. It's not really that valuable. Okay, fine. I'm sure you've done your research on that. Probably not. Name me the source. Oh, is it going to be a white paper? It's not even a white paper. It's a light paper. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. My sausages are almost done. I bet. They're done every single time. The mash comes up and bangs it. Well, as you've seen here, we've been bullied and intimidated by uh, right. like what you do every single time. I'm no longer an Aptos validator because it already went up. When at the time that I was an Aptos validator, it was 50 cents. It became $14. And you know that because I was an Aptos validator and everyone's saying, you're a fucking Aptos validator? Yes, it's a scam. Okay, I admit, Aptos was a scam. But if you had asked me at the time if it was a scam, I would have said yes. Now I ask you, sir, is Say Network a scam? S-E-I. I don't know. I don't know very much about the Say Okay, network. right. They claim they had 3.8 million active users unique users for their test net do you believe that was true no no way doesn't make any sense so okay doesn't make any sense they did claim that they published it on their blog what about for example that they have a hundred projects being developed right now and say and i'm sure you heard that say network claims it has a hundred projects currently being developed right now do you believe that mm, that seems very unlikely okay but you still believe in it right well Let's think about this logically for a second. Because everything's a scam with you, right? <laughs> everything's a scam with you. you. It takes you so much effort to think of that phrase. You love that phrase. It's like when you go to the bathroom and it says in front of you, I have to take all big shit. And you read it every single time. And you're wondering, how long will this finish? I want to go. I want to go home. I'm telling you right now, my friend, but you aren't by not, by the way, you're not my friend. When you dump on regular people, it becomes everyone's problems. And Say Network is a scam. If you can't even give me one piece of evidence why it's any good, yet you, you shill it, you shill it, you shill these projects. You have, any, have you no shame? But you don't have any shame, right? Because uh, hang on a minute, if you Jimmy. go to Britain right now oh, and I go oh, down man. to the chippy, 
right? And I see you across the corner and you're Ned. You're wearing a white shirt. You're Ned. You're wearing those stupid sneakers like you all do. You got them from Sainsbury's. You got your fucking Scottish egg. Got your scooch egg. Okay. This is all very clear to me now. Jimmy didn't get into the Say Network private sale. And now he's taking it out on all of us. So he's salty and he's fudding various projects that he seems to have missed out on private sales of. And I don't know why he's taking it out on us here today. Uh, I don't think I've ever tweeted about, say, Network or even Kujira. So it's a very interesting sort of uh, situation we've got here. Let me unmute Jimmy now so he can tell me that I'm wrong. Well, I never applied for it. Aptos is still worth more. And the private sale was actually a lower valuation. Uh, Say's private valuation was 800 million, which is very, you know, it's valuation 800 million, 800 million, right? You, you know that, right? That's what I heard. Yeah. And Aptos was 350. So I got it at 350 for Aptos, right? And it went up to 2.3 billion. So who is a sucker? The guy who gets a valuation 800 million and he claims, I got into the 800 million valuation private sale. The maximum it's going to go up is probably like a billion and a half. Maybe, maybe not. It might take a year for that to happen. I mean, think about it. There's a big difference between 350 million and 800 million in the crypto markets. Like to go to 3 billion is 10x gain. For that to go to 10x, for Say Network, it has to go up to 8 billion. That's like a big difference. And the fact that you don't understand that means you are a very bad investor. Because think about it. I got into Aptos at 350, and you could only find something else at 800. It's because you think that those la the lack of letters, because it's only three letters, because you can't read, makes it worth more money at the end of the day. So it's better to dump on a higher multiple, is what you're saying. I'm not. You know, I was an Aptos validator. I told you about my validator. Anyone could have staked at the time. I'm only saying this. Everything they say is a scam. If you'd asked me if it was a scam, I would have said yes. Now I ask you, with your $800 million valuation bags, is Say Network a scam? Say Network and Aptos are very much the same project, just with a different color. They are, they are. But $800 million valuation, $350 million valuation. I am not on the poster. I've just looked it up and I can see Jump and Multicoin I can see. Dude, John invests in everything. They've invested in ApeCoin. They've invested in OtterCoin. They've invested yes, board OtterCoin. No, no, they invest in board otters. We're we're launching board otters. Look to the left. Look to the right. We're even launching one where you look at the center. Okay, they invest in everything. I have friends who work at Jump. They love otters. So I think we can all agree that Sui, Say, Aptos, all of these new sort of VC chains are just the same thing, but different flavors. And they'll all be say manipulated. Sui is not the same as Say. Sui uses the same language, the move language, as Aptos. Um, so Say is a Cosmos kind of chain. And even though it is also Rust-based, it doesn't use the move language. And furthermore, uh, there are also other differences. So Aptos, um, it has a few things where if you go to their documentation, you can run up a validator super easily. That's pretty cool. SEI, C, say, whatever you want to call it, 
it is much harder. I do not believe that the Lender project's developing on it. It is not that easy to use. Uh, their documentation is pretty shitty. But they have a very active number of bots on their Discord, including one named Zero X Ears. He's always saying the same thing. Oh, Man United. Oh, get in there, Man United. Wayne Rooney. And then someone says to him, Wayne Rooney retired years ago. So, oh, I'm living in a false reality. For the record, um, I am in the Discord for Say Network. Disclaimer, disclosure. And, uh, I, but I have not commented about Wayne Rooney in that Discord at any time. Yeah, sure, buddy. Um, so let me ask you another question, right? What is your proudest achievement in life? Hmm. Good question. My proudest I achievement. I bet what it is is when you turned on, um, like, uh, Fools and Horses, and you found out that the last season, um, uh, they don't do very much. And it kind of like, oh, that turns out the last season is much like my life. Oh, my God, the pity of it. And you realize you are fools and horses. You are I, Rodney. You are Derek. You are Trigger. I haven't watched you. You are Trigger. No, no, no. You are Trigger. You are Trigger, right? Because you're as dumb as a horse and you're ugly as hell. This is the worst interview I've ever been in. This is a terrible interview because in a normal interview, the interview uh, asks a question and then the interviewee or the other way around answers. And so I'm going to ask formally and kindly and nicely, Jimmy, please let me answer your questions. Will you let me do that? No. Then the interview is unfortunately terminated. Thank you for coming to the space, uh-huh. Jimmy the Otter. Oh, my goodness. I can't keep up with his level, with his level of enthusiasm. It's too much. I need to eat my sausages. You know, I can, but, but even if you can, you, he still talks over you. Yeah. Yeah. I can go Jimmy mode, but it's like, it's just, then it's two people speaking over each other. And what's very the boring. point? It's very boring. So you heard there. Uh, I'll just summarize for everybody. Jimmy, the author, admitting as an Aptos validator, he waited until it got to a suitable multiple and then dumped and then closed his validator down. Dumped on everyone's heads. And also, by the way, the moment he closed his validator, all of the stakers coins were lost. Wiped out everyone. Didn't give a shit. Came here to brag about it. Scammer. Great. Thanks. Uh, okay. Um, good. Good session. Is there anything else that you wanted to cover in this podcast interview of OX Ears, uh, Crypto Susanna? Yeah. Um, what are you struggling with most right now? And what are you doing to try and solve it? I'm struggling with the perception that I'm a scammer. It um, seems that most people think I'm a scammer. Most people think that I have dumped on people's mm. heads. Um, but that's not the case at all. I've never dumped on anybody's heads. I sell slowly. You will. You will. One though. day. One day. You will soon, within a few months. Mm. Possibly. You'll dump on the heads. 
because of your past work it's it's not in it's not an impossible situation you will feel that because you put in work in the past you're entitled to dump on everyone's heads with no remorse in fact when you do it you'll feel gleeful you'll feel nothing yeah i think i You're think the new chauncey st john <laughs> the new chauncey st john uh yeah no probably not the new chauncey um i think i'll do it in a more sensible way and less deceit um but yeah that's um that's all coming up would that's you say you identify more as cha chauncey st john or as jimmy lee Oh God! Um, neither, please. Which one is your soul animal? Certainly, neither of them are my soul animal. Certainly, neither of them, and I don't think they're animals. I don't think they're animals. Um, some people would say they are, but not me. Um, mm. <clears throat> anyway, uh, crypto. Terraport has been here the whole time. Oh yeah, shit! <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful so stuff. Whoever you are, Antonio Rexy, who knows who you really are. Um, we stand by you at this difficult time. That's the one message I want them to take away from this Twitter space. We know we know that you are merely victims of outside forces beyond your control. And we are here to help you find them. Somebody infiltrated the team. Somebody broke into the house of one of the team members and used a form of code injection to insert some malicious wallets. We will help you in finding out who that is. We will work with the British police. We'll work with all national police forces around the world, the Korean government, the SEC, everyone to bring them to justice. We wouldn't in a million years think that it is actually anyone in your team. We know that you too are victims, just as we are. Now, I say that even though I lost 10 Terra. That's from my heart. Mm. Um, how long do I cook these sausages for? 15 minutes, I think. I think uh, at this point, I should probably resume my day job and um, continue. In the uh, wake of the Terraport collapse, there's an opportunity for a new DEX. There is. Terra's first DEX. Well, Terra Swap could be that first Dex. Astroport could be that first Dex. Either of them, really. I was only half joking when I said we should add liquidity. By the way, that's like an op actual thing that's like viable, but um, it would mean adding like a fuck ton of um, USD. What is it? What's the pool in there? USDT? No, USDC. No, USTC. It would mean adding a fuckload of USTC and not very much Terra and then getting completely wrecked. So I probably won't mm. want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's because you hate God. That was, the, that was the message I wanted everybody to read between the lines. But yeah, yeah. saying the quiet part out loud. I have the, the palpable sensation that an interaction with Jimmy the Otter has completely drained your life energy. It's disappointing. 
it's disappointing. That's you know you have the power to kick him, right? When you feel that that internal shift of, of just falling into the void, you should just kick him. Yeah, well, no, I just wanted to hear what he had to say. I wanted to know how much he knew. Um, and it turns out he doesn't know very much. I was a little bit worried for a second. Um, he knows he not enough. Know. And yeah. He knows not enough and also too much. Yes. I just wanted to just get to the end of the conversation to understand the extent of his knowledge. And then when I understood what he understood, I was happy to kick him. So that was the culmination of the conversation. I don't work for Jump or Multicoin, by the way, if anybody was wondering. Do you feel the conversation has been comprehensive and all the relevant topics have been covered? Not quite. Not quite. There's one last topic to cover. Would mm -hmm. you like to know what it is? Yes. What if I told you that there was a new centralized exchange run by none other than an esteemed and very formally successful uh, investment fund coupled with a very knowledgeable OG from the Bitcoin space who's run centralized exchanges for years and years and years. And what if I told you they were coming together to launch a centralized exchange with a unique bootstrapping mechanism, which was to unlock the claims of all the people who've been wrecked in crypto in the last three to four years? What if I told you that centralized exchange existed today and that you could see via ZK proofs uh, verifiable balances for all of the users. No weird little stub accounts, no weird little side alleys for people to hide money like Sam Bankman freed. And that central exchange exists today. Would you believe me? I would be doubtful. And even if I did entertain the possibility that it existed, I would suspect that it's probably a scam. Yes. Well, it doesn't exist, but I wish it did. Same. Great. And now everything has been covered. We can end the space. Shall we contemplate a spiritual question before we sure. do? Yes. Who is it that is looking out of your eyes? The brain behind the eyes is looking out of the eyes. The brain behind the eyes is what is conscious seemingly conscious and that is what is receiving the signals and processing them you are your brain you are a piece of pink fleshy stuff gray matter inside a skull um that is the answer to that question you are referring to thoughts and memories what if you don't you're gonna have to answer ask that question again i didn't understand it who is it that's looking out of your eyes? Well, it's me. But I'm my brain. And so my brain is looking out of my eyes. You can only answer without referring to thoughts and memories. Brain. That's a memory. That's what you learned in the textbook. Brain is looking out. Brain looks through eyes. What, what, what's your answer to the question, Crypto Susanna? This is an interview with you. All right. The thing that looks out of your eyes is brain or it's something more. Is that what you want me to say? It's something more than the brain? No, I don't want you to say anything. 
I just want to see where you are on the continuum of atheist and mystic. And it seems you are quite far in the wrong direction. Yes. Yes. We differ on this point. Maybe we can't be friends. You have the devil in you. Your eyes are covered with demon crud. Is there an exercise that you can recommend to remove the demon crud from my eyes? Yes. Please describe the exercise to remove demon crud from my eyes. Thank you, I received that message. Perhaps all hope isn't lost after all. Do you have any questions about the method? No, I think I've got everything I need. Uh, when should I start? Start today. And do as much as you feel you can sustain. And by that, I mean as much as you feel you can do that allows you to do at least the same amount tomorrow. That's the meaning of continuity. Got it. Got it. Sort of like a training program, like fatigue management, spiritual fatigue. We have to be careful to balance your enthusiasm and your proclivity to be extreme. It's no point in doing too much and then quitting next week. You have to very gradually build up. Treat it like brushing your teeth. And then after a certain amount of time, you'll start to feel the nectar of wanting to do it. It's like there's a, a glimmer or a glow or a small candle flame that starts to light inside you. And you find yourself drawn to sitting down, drawn to closing your eyes and doing the practice. And then it's after a certain amount of time, you become a Sotipanna in Buddhism, a stream enterer. And by that, we mean somebody who is pulled by the current. They no longer need to force themselves or discipline themselves, but they've had a taste of the realization of the insight. And that taste alone is sufficient to carry them along the way. At that point, practice isn't necessarily easy, but it's almost as if you have no choice. You just find yourself drawn to sit down. And if you don't for a little while, you come back because you know that what lies there are treasures far beyond what you could ever find in the real world. You know that there is something there. You've had that fundamental insight into the deconstruction of the self. And you know that when you return, you'll uncover more and more and more. There's a, a sort of intuition, a sort of hint, a sort of whisper in your own heart that something more is there. That's when you enter the stream. And that's when practice and true continuity begins. But in the meantime, you have to negotiate with your own humanness. You have to just do a little here and there. 
make sure you don't fall off the rails. But in the long term, all that sense of will, all that sense of pushing and fighting with oneself can end. It can drop. And practice can be the most natural thing in the world. Until eventually there's no one practicing anymore. There's just this. Everything exactly as it is. Every single perception, every single thought, every single sensation. Luminous, awake, present, aware, perfect, brilliant, still. Everything throughout the entirety of experience is exactly where it should be. And not a single thing needs to change. There's no longer any argument with what is. And at that point, there's no one to push, no one to get away, no urge even arises. And that's when you're there. So what you're saying is not, not a brain looking through the eyes. There is no brain. Mm, I see. Brain, brain is an objective concept we learn about in a neuroscience textbook. Or maybe we observe by somebody having their brain removed and handling it in our hands. But the brain is not part of our subjective experience, our direct experience of life. That's true. That's true. If nobody had told you about a brain, would it be a part of your interpretation of this exact moment? No. And even if you do know about a brain, is it a part of the interpretation of this moment? Only if I really focus on it, and then it becomes a panic attack. Even to think about a brain exists in time. It's the duration of thoughts about it and generated mental images and concepts. There is no brain in any given moment. There's only this whatever the direct experience is, whatever the sensations, whatever the thoughts are. There's only this. And what you are, fundamentally, is the capacity or the knowingness of this moment within which everything, life, experience, seems to arise. That's your fundamental relationship to this moment. That's what you really mean when you say you're me. The fundamental meanness is the knowingness of this moment. Anything within experience, any thought, any sensation, any perception, a feeling in the leg, a thought, whatever, your relation to that is the knowingness of it. If you can observe anything within experience, you're not that. You're the one who knows it. What is that knowing? Because that knowing is you. That's your fundamental nature. You are the pure knowingness within, life, within which life appears. Hmm. I hadn't thought about it that way. But now that I have, I'm still not sure what how to answer the question what looks through the eyes the point of a question like that is to to point you back to the knowing it's the point it's really a, a sort of a 
a pointer or a metaphor that wakes you up to the fact that the subjective experience of life as symbolized by looking through the eyes is very different from what we consider to be the objective reality or talk of the brain and atoms and whatever else. It's, a, it's an invitation to, to look through the eyes of the direct experience and see what you find. And the only thing you can really find is the, the knowing of this moment. And the way to test that is to check out anything within experience. A cloud, a sensation, a thought, anything. If you're able to notice anything within experience, you are not that. Because you are aware of it. Now, what is that awareness? And why is it so homogenous, so universal through experience? Why is it always exactly the same, no matter what it encounters? Why does it seem to, to hold everything like a mother with a baby in a warm towel? Mm. So the story we tell ourselves is that we are a brain looking through eyes, but that's just a story. And in reality, People tell all kinds of stories. That's just yeah. one story. You could, the, the interesting thing is you can tell almost any story and it will feel true within the realm of thought. But what is aware of thought? If you have a thought to rise in your head, I have a brain, I am a person, I am a Hindu, I am whatever. Are you the thought or are you that which is aware of the thought? Do you experience thoughts like you do watching a cloud above the ocean? Or are you somehow trapped inside the thought? What's your relationship to it? Thoughts are like anything else. They're like watching the sky. They're like listening to music. They're just what could be defined as a sense arising within knowingness. It's just another stream. You can partition the streams into something like sight and smell and thoughts and whatever. But really, the, the direct experience is almost exactly the same. There's a sort of a feed and an awareness of that feed. And then maybe a story is generated about it. But your fundamental relationship to that thing is that you are the knowingness of it as it arises. Do you think dogs have subject like awareness? Do you think that they're aware in the same way that people are, and therefore they tell themselves a story about what their existence is? I don't know. I imagine so. I imagine there's the same awareness, but the the content is less complicated. Yeah, I think that's a or there's that's a. Sure. There's a smaller decision space. Mm. Yeah, I asked because I'm sitting next to one right now. And um, I wondered what the story he tells himself is about the world and how it works. I think I read something saying that dogs don't have the understanding of a concept of being like on a lead or being like attached to something else. 
So like when they're being walked on a lead, they're just being like led around and they don't understand what, what is going on or how they're being led. Um, which to me sounds like suffering. Yeah. I'm not sure. I haven't really, um, thought about it much. I think there's definitely a sense that humans and animals are in a shared field. Like this sort of emerges at points where there is a sharing of some enjoyment, like maybe being in a park together, or even say you have a cat and you rest your hand on the cat and you enjoy the warmth of the cat and the cat is enjoying the warmth of your hand. There is a sense that you are both occupying the shared field of the awareness of that, that common thing. And within that, you are almost equalized. I see. You're sort of meeting halfway from, from whatever land they're in and whatever place you're in. That's the place where you meet. But yeah, I don't know. I've, I've always just... Um, I think with, with spiritual stuff, you just look at your own direct experience. And if you start theorizing about cats and dogs, well, probably what you're doing is generating new stories about reality and never really getting anywhere. And it's pretty much the same as reading a textbook or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's just my story about how a dog's story might work. It's like Inception. It's just like stories all the way down. Like even if you could have a thought that seems fairly clear, would it ever be defensible? Not really, right? It's just a theory. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I wonder, I've never looked at this, and like, if you've been in neuroscience, you might have um, looked at some of this stuff, but like how they prove like how animals perceive reality and how animals perceive consciousness and to what degree. And like, oh, well, a horse can rec- recognize itself in the mirror. So what does that mean? And like, they must sit there for hours and hours, like figuring out like logical statements. If the horse can recognize itself in the mirror, it's because you know, we can tell because it does this. And therefore this is what is the subjective experience of a horse is like. And it's like, it seems like a waste of time. <laughs> like, like, because it's very hard to prove. It can never prove if it's right or wrong. And it's impossible. We don't even know if the person next to us sees blue mm. the same way we see blue and that sort of stuff. Right. So it's like, how do you how do you possibly start to transpose that kind of stuff onto animals? It's very strange. Yeah. yeah. There's definitely a sense that the neuroscience never really gets anywhere. Mm-hmm. There's all of these correlations, but it, it never really explains the mystery. Yeah, that's um same in um Buddhism, by the way, or any kind of spiritual investigation. You get to that you get to that realization that your essential self is the the knowingness or the awareness of this moment and identity can move from thoughts or the story of the self over time the narrative of the self over time to the knowingness of this moment but even as that shifted identity one of the essential qualities of it is its total mystery. You've got also in many ways. Oh, go ahead. I was just, well, actually don't go ahead. I was just going to say, um, you've got me wondering what does happen when a person dies? What does happen when a person dies? Because, you know, 
we tell ourselves the story. We understand like certain things about our reality that we just kind of like perceive by these various senses. But is this just an illusion of some like kind we can't know? It's impossible to know. And I think that when you accept it's impossible to know and it's impossible to come to any kind of definite conclusions and that really there's no point in even trying or arguing or debating or researching that specific point. And you should just focus purely on the moment and how you feel and how other people feel and relieving suffering. That is my little piece, my little crumb of enlightenment that I think everyone can grab. And then the rest of it seems very difficult, but that's one thing that everybody can do. Are you proposing that you are a guru? I'm proposing that I am Oxiers and I'm a host of a Twitter space. And I've just said a sentence. That's all I'm proposing. Nothing more, nothing less. My crack cocaine has worn off. I had some just before the space started and it's, it's completely worn off now. Hmm. You, you hate everyone here. To varying degrees. The death question is interesting. It is. I'll say that after a long time meditating and stuff, when there's that identity shift from living within thoughts and narratives and stories towards feeling the the self or the identity to be awareness or knowing, when that happens, everything within experience becomes the same. So thoughts and sensations and perceptions become pretty much the same because they are all appearing equally within that, that sense of knowingness. And then when that shift happens, there's a palpable intuition or, or mm, sense that there, it, there is no death or birth because it feels like the knowingness always remains still and unmoving and life, which might seem to appear as the mind or the body or the world is simply flowing through that. And then it's almost a suggestion of, well, why not just continue? Or why not another body and mind? Or why not anything as the content? Because it feels like that, that knowingness is so unshakable, that presence is so unshakable, that it could, it could play host to anything. Which is interesting. Because from the perspective of the body and the mind, when, when you're regularly identified with thought, then it seems absolutely finite, like you will certainly die. But that's because it's the nature of thought itself, right? Yeah. Within that realm, yeah, the body crumbles, yeah, the, the thoughts disappear, yeah, like you look in the mirror and everything is aging. But from that sense of knowingness, nothing is changing. There are simply new appearances again and again and again in every moment. 
It's also, by the way, why old people say, I feel the same as I did when I was younger. It's because they're really tapping into that feeling of the knowingness or the beingness that plays host to life. The young girl looks in the mirror or the old lady looks in the mirror and they know the body and the mind. And there's always that sense of freshness or aliveness to it. It doesn't really change. People don't really feel older. There's a slowing down in their achy joints and whatever, but that, that fundamental knowingness or subjective experience of life remains pretty much the same. Mm. Is if you're in a really deep state of meditation and you just completely stop even noticing thoughts, is it, I mean, I don't know, obviously you can't know, but is it almost like death, you know, no thoughts are arising? I guess you could still feel sensations, but then do they sort of fade away as well to the point where it's just nothing at all? You, there are lots of different states, but you can be in a state of, of pure knowingness where nothing is happening at all except knowingness. Absolutely everything can fade away, and yet it still feels like you you are there. Whatever is you is still there. Whatever that essential you is that, that knows all moments, that can remain in the absence of everything else. I'm glad that we continued the space to talk about this and forget about the rest of this stuff. That's not important. Yeah, f from my perspective, <clears throat> pretty much everything else is bullshit. Yeah, I think I would agree with that statement. That includes the Lion Dow. Yeah, when I see somebody like Ryan progressing through his life, doing a no-coder exploration of just how much development you can do in the absence of coding experience to flaunt the Terra ecosystem and give it some social juice. I think, yeah, that's admirable. That's cool. But at the same time, what I'd really like Ryan to do is wake up to his true nature. He won't find any happiness within Terra, within the wounded ecosystem of Doquan. He'll only really find it looking inside himself and finding out what he truly is. And that doesn't require money. It doesn't require warp protocol. It doesn't require partnerships and airdrops with Kujira. It doesn't need any of it. It requires the willingness to stop and look from one's eyes fresh without referring to thoughts or imagination for the first time in his life. And seeing that the direct experience of life is very, very different from what he imagines it to be. Would you say this entire crypto experience is really just a rabbit hole and it's just this little, little nook, this horrible little disgusting nook of essentially gambling um, and more and more complex stories being told on top of each other to obf obfuscate the fact that it's pure gambling and that 
at heart, we're all just the same as the guy who goes and gets scratch cards. And society looks down on that guy. He just goes and spends all his money on scratch cards, loses his money on scratch cards. But for some reason, we've told ourselves a story that this is more uh, respectable. This is more like technologically innovative. This is like some kind of higher calling, some sort of like separation of money and state piece. But really, we're the same as the guy who goes to the horse races, gets pissed and loses all of his money betting on like some low odds horse. Yeah. And you could say more widely that the life or the experience being human is a series of stories to lost in. And stories seem to emerge within your experience that are convincing to you. And you can look at friends. They might all be lost in various stories. Some of them are lost in stories of relationship conflict. Some of them are lost in stories of actualizing the self to be a great person and a a winner or whatever else. Some of them are lost in working out some kind of problem in in their identity from things like health to things like crypto to things like whatever. But every, pretty much every human has some kind of story and identity what the self is taken to be, where the self is going, where you've come from, who you are. What do the perceptions of others mean about you? All of those narratives. It, it's like you're addicted to telling the story or navigating through the story. Um, and everyone does that. And it's almost like it's, a, it's like part of the, the L1 layer of reality. It's programmed in. Life keeps presenting you with hooks for your mental stories to go into. And the effect of that is you sustain the the illusion of the self over time. And look look at something like crypto. Look at the way that, that people get attached tribally to, to coins as they go up and then go down. Um, and there can be like an identity death and whatever. And the formation, the formation of the apparent self can happen through cryptocurrency really strongly, right? As as coins rise and fall and through the communities and whatever else. Um, and, and there's a deep sense that that and pretty much the entirety of the rest of life is a sort of a program to sustain the, the illusion of the self. And by that, I mean the self that is generated within thought rather than the direct experience of life, which is when you look from this present moment at exactly what is now. And from that perspective, all of those stories, cryptocurrency, relationships, whatever else, are just thoughts and nothing else. They have no identity within themselves. They are no more important than a cloud in the sky or the sound of a bird or a taste of chocolate on the tongue or anything else. It's all equal. That's what um, initial spiritual realization is. It's when you realize that all of the content of reality is equal within that awareness. And therefore, no story, whether it's crypto or anything else, 
can hook you in a fundamental way. Because you simply know that you're not that by the fact that you know that you are that awareness within which everything appears. So I think it's, it's almost like being in a program and, and stories are given to you and patterns are given to you and, and hooks are given to you again and again and again and again. And it reforms the identity and it reforms the idea that you are this person going through life. And I would suggest you're not a person. I would suggest all of that is bullshit. And it's interesting because the, the sense of being a person and the sense of identity and the sense of mental narratives can form in the smallest places. This is one of the reasons I enjoy things like, um, you know, those grip forums is <laughs> where people obsess about hand strength and like yeah. who's got strong hands and stuff. It's funny because it's so remote from fundamental identity as that awareness. It's like the self not only has formed, but it has formed in the, the, the tiniest, most pokey little corner that is imaginable. And it's like a, it's an insight. It's like a spiritual insight because it's like you can form your self identity, your, your story of self around anything, no matter how small. And that's interesting yeah. because it's like you're free to do that, but you're also cursed by it. Oh, man. Love aim from Fosterberg. Oh. I was going to say, I see crypto and grips, strength training and poetry and the best way to do anything, like these weird little nerd cultures on Reddit that pop up, you know, people obsessing about the best way to groom your beard the optimal this, the best, and they argue about it. They spend hours and hours of every single day refining and improving and arguing. Um, but it's like, yeah, just a weird pokey little hole. And it's like you tell yourself this is very important, this is, this is crucial. But actually, is it, is it that important? Um, it seems more and more obvious that it's not. And, uh, yeah. So that's that's all the sort of stemming from that realization that you're you're going to die one day. So next time you place a trade on a centralized exchange or a decentralized exchange, just remember that you're going to die one day. And is this really worth your time or your stress? Yeah. These are massive sausages. Huge. I'm not sure I've cooked them properly. Wow, I think any any sausage would be big compared to you. Yeah, there's something called chipolatas. It's all relative. It's all relative. That's what I'm trying to say. The size of these sausages looks huge to me because of my tiny personal sausage. But to another person, they might look very, very small. Um, somebody messaged me and said, am I in charge of Lunk? No. Not anymore. Not anymore. It's decentralized I quit now. In, I quit in November. I haven't thought about it since except occasional tweets. Yeah, I've had more interaction with the Lunk community in the last three days than I have uh, in the previous year. And uh, that's fine. Ryan, if you're not going to speak, then I'm going to have to kill the space. Interesting. Co-host claiming you're going to kill the space. I don't think so. I think I'll be the one to press that button. I, didn't... I think I have the power here because the moment I leave, you're going to kill it. 
I didn't realise you wanted to speak to me, Susanna. Ryan. Yes. We did a decentralised Twitter vote and the people voted for you to give over the percentage of supply. But you have not done that. And because of that, the raw token has dumped by 70%. So well done for wrecking everyone out of your own greed. I think when you were trying to hustle 10% off me, it was a lot less than what it is now. But um, but yeah, I mean, like I, this is why no one should have bought it and listened to me in the first place. But they did. And you knew that. Does the Lion Dow have a roadmap? In the, are we investing in the, uh, the future efforts of yourself, Ryan Lyon? Uh, you shouldn't invest at all. And uh, hmm. there's no defined roadmap because I'm just making it up day by day as I go. Got it. Got it. Would you like to be listed on a centralized exchange? Well, funny you should funny you should ask ask me that because I've had a lot of offers uh, <laughs> to that point today. Following the uh, the listed on CoinGecko, um, my uh, DMs on Telegram and Twitter have been full of really kind people offering to help out with all kinds of stuff like marketing and AMAs and token listings on centralized exchanges. Um, so, you know, if, if, if anyone's listening that has sent me one of those proposals, I, I'll, I'll be sure to get back to you in, in due course. Okay. If you want to be listed on a tier one exchange, let's talk. Let's get the Lion Dow into the Binance launchpad. <laughs> All I have to do is send you uh, $20,000 and, uh, and my seed phrase, right? That's correct, yes, that's correct. Ryan, do you want to be listed on an exchange run by scammers? Yes. So that's exactly why I'm going to be listing it on Terraport. Ooh! Oh, he's in the audience. Do you think we can send uh, Raw Token via wormhole to ethereum and put it on flex oh, oh sorry on the openx exchange uh susanna uh sorry i was distracted look at the top <laughs> somebody's um theorizing sorry say that again ryan you want to be on openx do you think we can we can somehow send the raw token via like wormhole or something to ethereum Mm, yeah, I don't know how it would work, but I imagine so. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. We can do that. Um, but that doesn't automatically mean we'd have to ask the CEO, Leslie Lamb. Well, you don't have to ask Leslie Lamb if you can send a token to Ethereum. Or, or is she no, the CEO of Ethereum? No, it's, it, it's, it's polite to you. <laughs> I think, yeah, we have to, before doing anything in crypto, we have to, um, we have to at least get the opinion or permission of all the powerful women in Web3 to make sure that they're comfortable with 
the activity that's happening on the blockchain. Well, don't exclude them. Whatever you do, don't exclude the women from this. Um, it's polite to. It's like if you, you live in a house and you're going to do a really loud party that makes enormous noise, you would go to your neighbor first and you would say, would you mind if I do a big, big loud party on Friday from 7 p.m. to 11? Would that be all right? And they would say, yeah, it's okay. What if they said no, you it's not okay? Well, you would, you would be reasonable. You'd be like, when, when's a better day to do it? Or would it, would it be okay if I do it until 10 p.m.? And they say, yeah, that would be okay because I've got young kids and they need to go to bed. So you shouldn't just wormhole a token. Talk to a lady first. You think Leslie's, Leslie Lamb's the best person to speak to about these matters or is there anyone else that you'd recommend? I think you go straight to the CEO. Should I run it by Slinks as well? I think Slinks can help you to draft a message. Yeah, that's true. I might do it in like too aggressive of a tone if if I just do it myself. Ryan, what do you think about the Oh, Ryan, what do you think about the fact that Terraport Dex has been in this space for the last 2 hours and hasn't said a single word? Do you think that is a guilty thing? It's bizarre. I mean, I, I've, yeah. I mean, like, I'm, pre I'm pretty, pretty shocked about what happened. Um, I, I think, as I said to you in, in a, in a comment on, on, on one of your posts, I fully expected complete failure and, and, and for all the investors to get wrecked. I didn't expect them to like full rug the entirety of the liquidity. If you were going to rug it, it's almost like what's the point in in doing it in the first place. Just you should just run off with the money after they'd sent it to you. But um No. Because Terraport did a six X. Did it? Yeah. No. Yeah, it pumped. Are you not talking about that like ten ten dollar liquidity pool on Astroport, are you? No, 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 no. They had their own decks. That was the premise. The, um, yeah, the I went on the, the Dex, but the price was just the same on the chart forever. No, no, they they implemented a new technology, which was um, time unbounded horizontality of charts, meaning that when the price goes up or down, it is displayed to have always been that price. And the effect of that isn't that you eliminate price movements but you eliminate fear of price movements and any perception that you've got a bad deal given the past price. And also any perception that anyone has dumped and therefore you need to escape. It's a, <clears throat> an innovative technology, Ryan. They, they did away completely with any price charts. Yeah, it's smart, actually. I think people spend too much time... <clears throat> Like worrying about the price of things, of tokens, of these digital tokens, uh, this, these digital scratch cards. Um, why not just stop caring about price and just and just mm -hmm. like just buy things that you like or that you like the sound of? Yep, 
It's like, what would you invest in if you didn't know the price? But this is better because the price has never changed. It is like your your security, your refuge. It's your solace. It's the place you go where nothing can ever impact it. There's that straight line, that foundation. It's like the feeling of putting your feet on the sand, that, that feeling of groundedness. And that's what drove all of the investment there. And then more and more money came in and it had done a 6X. And then obviously the rug. But um, I think it was this combination of the pre-sale and the, the horizontality of the chart that led to all that investment coming in and then a, a, a premium rug. Don't settle for $2 million when you have this, this innovative idea of the, the flat price chart. Go for more. What was the, how much was, what was the actual value of the, of the, like, the liquidity that was rugged? Uh, something in the region of. Well, the Lunk and the USTC was worth about 2 milli, I think. And then there was Terra tokens, but obviously they're, Intrinsically, the only place you can sell or buy Terra tokens was those pools. So, uh, hard to say. Yeah, but but people did convert. So, I don't know, Ryan. Optimistically, like four million or something. That's wild. That's really wild. Yeah, I'm surprised there's even that much liquidity still knocking around on on Terra Classic. Well. It's all it's all Lunk and USTC. This is the point. It's all like that. All of the uh, I'm not sure if all of the pre-sale stuff got converted, but like a good chunk got converted into Lunk and USTC. And then um, it was yeah, it was like the one thing you could do. You know what? What else can you do with Lunk on the Lunk blockchain? I mean, there are some things, but this is the only obvious thing. So um, bet on this horse, basically, which I underestimated. I didn't think it would do a five x or a six x or anything like that. Um, but then, yeah, you're, you're, you're a fudder. I have, well, fundamentally, I do have a quick call now. I'm going to leave the space on if you want me to, but I can kill it otherwise. No, I don't want it to be left on. Okay. I'm going to kill the space. Thanks everyone for joining. Bye. Thanks Terraport for joining. Thanks Ryan Lyon for joining. Thank you everybody. Thank you, Jimmy the Yotta for being loud. Thank you, um, everybody. And, uh, God bless. Thank you to, uh, yes, inshallah, inshallah. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Ether. That was the Zero X Ears podcast, episode 18, interview with Zero X Ears. Recorded on Thursday, April 13th, 2023. For terraspaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening. Now if you want to keep listening, head on over to terraspaces.org slash donate and show some support now. Put your hands up like you got a couple questions Ain't no misdirection, just a bunch of flexing All aggressive, insane from all directions Smoke blows in when I start a session Blink canvas, blaze up the handlers Rocking back and forth like I got the van stuck Don't grind the clutch, mind your hush Put your mask on and don't touch the antlers Feeling untouchable when I'm on the verse But in the universe, I'm just writing some words Enticing these nerds while I'm laying out my memoirs Like, remember when I had to fight the centaur? I'm a book nerd, let me take you on the journey Lost in the labyrinth, searching out the lost fern For certain, got the taxes included Acting like a writer, never felt secluded
get into the shit and line them up Just another fixed game of try my luck Go lighten up dog. it could always be worse Unless you're in the back of a hearse When you're dead or putting in new speakers It's a toss up driver or just tweakers Don't stress yo, I've done the research Living life like a bunch of fucking lemurs It's a remake off the cutting floor We take a little bit of poison and put it in the cheesecake Tastes great, less filling, less stress, more killing As he blew the cornerstone out the building And the blocks came tumbling down all humble Feels like we're drowning in a little puddle Rebuttal, I should be taking off in the shuttle Getting high in space with the Hubble Spaces.